Rolling one, rolling two. And if the technology will cooperate. One of those days when nothing goes right. Your wife starts bitching about whatever it was she was bitching about last night. So you escape into the bathroom just to sit there on your throne. But after you finish your business, the toilet paper's gone. Well, it's a great day. For me to whoop somebody's ass <laughs> It's a bad day So you better get off my back You might get cold cocked <laughs> If you cross my path Cause it's a great day For me to whoop somebody's ass <laughs> Well I was running coffee to go. And just before I had a flat tire, I spilled it all over my clothes. When the highway patrolman pulled up, I thought that help was on the way. But when he saw the tire tool in my hand, he shot me with pepper spray. Oh, it's a great day for me to whoop somebody's ass. Guys and dolls. Oh. So, oh, come here, Haley. Alright, run away. So, yeah, man. So, it's a great day. Had a long day at work today. I need to clean my fingernails. Um, sitting here in Ohio on the border of uh, West by God. Virginia and Pennsylvania waiting for our pending doom to strike. Uh, the uh, weather outlets are predicting a heavy, heavy snowstorm uh, with a glaze of ice on top. Or sideways or in between so sometime in the next few hours here you know we're supposed to get a few inches of snow and then a, a break followed by a lot more inches of snow so I, I'm hunkered down I'm, I'm good to go um, gonna be doing a lot of snow shoveling the next couple days though from the sounds of things, um, luckily I'm not not in Washington D.C. or I'd be shoveling BS 24/7. Um, but uh, things could be worse. Things could be worse. That's faux show. We, we may end up with a foot of snow before it's all shed and done in Ohio. And uh, the area, a lot of areas, millions of people are going to be affected. Um, I have a cousin who lived, cousins actually, 
that live in Texas and man, they had a whole heap and helping of trouble the other day. Um, talking about uh, people not knowing how to drive in bad weather and they had multiple multi-vehicle crashes uh, because there was a, a thin layer of ice and snow uh, that hit right at rush hour and at, see here in Ohio we got it down pat a little bit sometimes maybe um, we use what's called rock salt on the roads. And those of you that don't live in this this neck of the woods don't understand it. Uh, down in Texas, I guess they throw sand on the roads for traction. Which doesn't do shit. Uh, they throw what's called brine, B-R-I-N-E, um, which is... Um, from what I understand, brine is like the the sand that goes into the fracking water and then comes back out. But it's it's for traction. It's not for uh, dissolving the snow and ice. Uh, you see, salt has a lower freezing temperature than water. So when it hits the snow and ice, it melts it because it may be in like a really bad analogy it's slightly warmer than the water just enough to cause it to melt uh, but you still have to stay on top of it and have a, a big snow plow like a giant snow shovel on the front of a really big truck to move the snow off to the sides of the road and then the salt comes out of the ass end of the truck. But down south, it seems like they're getting, uh, to me, more frequent wintry weather. And they're going to need to learn some of this stuff. Because uh, a lot of places, they just close the towns down for a day or two or however long the, the snowstorm lasts. Uh, but as this becomes more frequent, they really need to learn from us Yankees and how to deal with this stuff for the help of their people and the safety of their peeps. Anyhow, after all of that, which meant nothing to most of you, uh, this is Big John. You're on Americana, the American way. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the real underscore Big John on uh, what's that thing called telegraph that Elon Musk told everybody to jump to uh, it's Americana hyphen the American way also rumble and YouTube Americana the American way and to explain a little to you where I came up with that Americana okay American with an A on the end it's a little used term but it's it was kind of, when I was growing up, I was told that's what America is all about. The American way of life. The giant melting pot of cultures and people all over the world that come together in one place to assimilate and become one. Um, you know, like uh, New York City, you have many many different towns uh, 
you know, there was Little Italy, uh, there was Chinatown, uh, there was the Irish section of town, uh, but when they all came together, they were all New Yorkers, you know, at home, the Italians spoke Italian, they listened to Italian music, but when they're out in mingling with the rest of the population, they spoke English, they, you know, did what everyone else was doing, you know, the Chinese, they all, you know, if they were at home or in Chinatown, they spoke Mandarin or Chinese, they, they did their thing in their culture, but when they came to the general population, they assimilated, and that was the American way. All these cultures come together. They keep their traditions, but yet they come, they bring those traditions and mix them together with one another, and that becomes America. So you got a little influence from the Italians, you got a little influence from the Chinese, you got a little influence from the uh, British, the Irish brought customs and cultures. The Scottish brought customs and cultures, um, you know, and things of that nature. The, you know, and then the Native Americans that were here had their customs and cultures and, uh, you know, things like that. And, you know, we learned about them. You know, there, there was, you know, not, not the greatest life for the American Indian or Native American, but it was Americana, you know. Um, a lot of things that the Native Americans did with, like, natural herbal healing is something now that uh, they're not getting credit for, but doctors uh, are using holistic medicine, natural herbs, natural medicines to heal us now. And that was something that it was the Native American culture, which was all but wiped out, unfortunately. But anyways, that's what Americana is uh, to me. It's the American way of life. It's many traditions and many cultures coming together to make, you know, America a great melting pot of every culture. You know, a little bit of everything, the best of every country on earth comes to America and changes America, makes it better, adds to us. So anyways, if you're wondering why I call this Americana the American way, that's why. Loving all God's people under one roof, and that roof is the Americas, United States of America in particular. So somebody that nobody loves, except for me and a handful of others. By the way, today is officially President's Day. Happy President's Day, everybody. Number 45 has been acquitted for the second time. I didn't, haven't really gone into this because there are other things going on uh, besides the scenes, behind the schemes uh, that the media won't, isn't covering or isn't covering very much. Um, too many of us watch the cable news networks and not, uh, don't do enough digging and researching and looking into things for ourselves. But 
Number 45, President Donald J. Trump, former President Donald J. Trump, has been acquitted for the second time. Not going into detail, but I want to, I have to mention it because it's, it's worthy of news and such. In his statement, and man, it's hard for him to get a statement out. I just went to DonaldJTrump.com and it's still basically the campaign website. Uh, so I need to figure out what website he's using now. He should at least be doing something on a website. Um, but he released a statement. A uh, statement by Donald J. Trump, 45th President of the of United States. I want to thank our team. Let me put my spectacles back on. I want to, expect, uh, I want to first thank my team of dedicated lawyers and other others who worked uh, tireless shit. I already messed it up and I pre-read this. And others for their tireless work upholding justice and defending the truth. My deepest thanks as well to all the United States Senators and members of Congress who stood proudly for the Constitution we all revere and for the sacred legal principles at the heart of our country. Our cherished constitutional republic was founded on the impartial rule of law, the indispensable safeguard of our liberties, our rights, and our freedoms. It is a sad commentary on our times that one, uh, one political party in America is given a free pass to denigrate the rule of law, defame law enforcement, cheer mobs, or excuse rioters, and transform justice into a tool of political vengeance and persecute, blacklist, cancel, and suppress all people and viewpoints with whom or which they disagree. I have always and always will be a champion for the unwavering rule of law, the heroes of law enforcement, and the right of Americans to peacefully and honorably debate the issues of the day without malice, without hate. This has been yet another phase of the greatest witch hunt in the history of our country. No president has ever gone through anything like it, and it continues because our opponents cannot forget the almost 75 million people, the highest number ever for a sitting president, who voted for us just a few short months ago. I also want to convey my gratitude to the millions of decent, hard-working, law-abiding, God and country-loving citizens who bravely supported the important principles in these very difficult and challenging times. Our historic patriotic and beautiful movement to make America great again has only just begun. In the months ahead, I have much to share with you and I look forward to continuing our incredible journey together to achieve American greatness for all our people. There has never been anything like it. 
We have so much work ahead of us, and soon we will emerge with a vision for a bright, radiant, timeless American future. Together, is, there is nothing we cannot accomplish. We remain one people, one family, one glorious nation under God, and it, and it is our responsibility to preserve this magnificent inheritance for our children and generations of Americans to come. May God bless you, bless all of you. May God forever bless the United States of America. Uh, that line there, the, it is uh, next to the last line. We remain one people, one family, one glorious nation under God. That's something that I feel. That's how I feel about America. Americana, the American way, right? One nation under God, indivisible. One people, people from many different backgrounds, cultures that come together as one. And... Right now, we have one. You have some people that want to divide us into races, classes, colors, uh, economic, social, social economic groups. They want us to be divided instead of everybody coming together as one. Okay, that's just how I feel about the Democrats. Which, speaking of another group of never-Trumpers or Trump-haters, our favorite friends, the Liarcon Project, sometimes known as the Lincoln Project. Let me take my spectacles back up. This has a larger font to it. Fox Business, Fox Business, Fox Business, if you will. Millions raised by the Lincoln Project goes to companies run by groups founders, records show. Well, gee willikers, you mean to tell me they raised $90 million and then put it back into their own companies? Gee, I'm so surprised. Fox Business goes on to say, out of roughly $90 million the anti-Trump Lincoln Project has raised, more than half has gone to firms run by the group's founders. According to open records data re reviewed by Fox Business, the records show about a third of the money, roughly $27 million, raised by the super PAC, a.k.a. the Lincoln Project, PAC is Political Action Committee, and super PACs are PACs that raise just huge amounts of money. Uh, anyways, they directly paid for advertisements that aired on broadcast and cable and or appeared online during the 2020 campaign. The vast majority of the cash was split among consulting firms controlled by its founders. So instead of going out and selling and raising money for advertising 
by themselves. These consultants join firms as one force to raise even more money, and then they split it up amongst their own companies, is what it sounds like to me. Uh, okay, so including about $27 million paid to a small firm controlled by Galen, Galen, G-L-A-E-N, G-A-L-E-N, Galen, Galen, however you say that. Not like gallon of water, G-A-L-E-N. And another $21 million paid to a boutique firm run by former Lincoln Project member, Ron Steslow, campaign finance disclosure, disclosures show. That leaves tens of millions of dollars that went towards expenses like production costs, overhead, exorbitant consultant, exorbitant consulting fees by members of the group. So they paid themselves out of this is what that means. Exorbitant consulting exorbitant consulting fees my i told you my ohio accent gets the better of me sometimes exorbitant consulting fees that's the fee that a consultant pays if i want to be john morrow the consultant and charge people for my infinite political wisdom uh, that would be a consulting fee uh it raises the question about where the rest of the money ultimately went, said Brian Fisher, an attorney for the, with the nonpartisan Campaign Legal Center in Washington. Generally speaking, you'd expect to see the major, the major super PAC, PAC sent, spend a majority or more, or more of their money on advertisements. That's not what happened here. That's true. I uh, remember 2004, you had the Swift Boat Vets, which was uh, an anti-John Kerry group, which was um, a stealth organization that the Swift Boat Vets were a stealth 527 organization. 527 is a section of a law that allows a group to form a super pact. Super PAC, not pact. PAC, P-A-C, Political Action Committee, uh, and not disclose where they got their donations from. Uh, now, anyways, back to the Lincoln Project. Uh, the relative... Revelation comes as the group faces allegations of sexual harassment against one of its co-founders, John Weaver. Members of the organization's leadership were reportedly informed in June 2020 in writing and subsequent phone calls of at least 10 specific allegations of harassment against Weaver, including two involving Lincoln Project employees according to multiple people with direct knowledge of the situation. Let's leave it there. We won't need to get into the sexual harassment stuff. Um, that's a whole other topic of discussion. But this is what the Lincoln Project did, right? 
uh, one of their members is uh, defamed, def defiled, whatever you want to call him, uh, former Ohio Republican Chairman Matt Borges, who we proudly ran out and replaced with Jane Timken. He tried to get back in as Republican Chairman. Old Matt has had many a problem in the past with things such as tax, uh, non-payment non of taxes. He, in 2016, when he didn't have the Lincoln Project, he had a fake Twitter account that he set up on his wife's cell phone as if that would never be traced back to him. But he had this Twitter account where he, you know, was just anti-Trump, anti-Trump. But all these people in this Lincoln Project represent an establishment of the old Republican Party that's part of the swamp, as Trump calls it, as I call it. I call them swamp dwellers. And that's all they do is they, they want to enrich themselves. They want to gain power and influence in Washington and wherever they can gain it. Uh, and Trump was a threat to that. So as these people were weeded out of the GOP and replaced with Trumpers, uh, as we are affectionately known... what my dog's doing. I think she ate too fast. Uh, anyways, as they were replaced by Trumpers and, you know, non-political butt-kissers, this political action committee, the Lincoln Project, was formed, Lincoln being the founder of the Republican Party. And it was supposed to counter us, was supposed to be the counterweight, the opposition to Trump. And... These guys branded themselves as big-time insider Republicans, and we want, you know, the old guard to stand, the Mitch McConnell, Guggenheimers of the party, uh, the Mitt, smitten Mitt Romneys of the party, the, you know, John McCain, God rest his soul, of the party, you know. Uh, John McCain, who was such an honest man, he leaked the fake Steele dossier, to the press to try and hurt Trump in 2016. But these are the kind of people that the Lincoln Project are. Matt Borges, $60 million Ohio RICO Act, bribery and corruption. RICO is a, you know, racketeering or organized crime act. Okay. Uh, you know, we, Weaver, uh, all these guys, they're, they're just out there paying their own firms and paying themselves consulting fees with this $90 million that they raised. So, there's been a lot of fun had with the new White House press secretary and press corps. And uh, they've uh, they've rumored rumors rumoredly rumors have it because i haven't seen anything that i feel is official but they've asked to pre-screen questions 
um, so that uh, Jen Pisaki can have answers ready. Um, you, you remember Kaylee McEnany and her big notebook of stuff. And she had pages marked where she could flip to this and that. Uh, now, Pisaki's been on the job a, a few weeks. Uh, and honestly, you know, Biden, who I feel is in a state of mental decline... Uh, I mean, when you listen to him, he talks so slow. It's like a tape recorder with the battery running down. Uh, she's probably got a hard job. It's a very difficult job as it is. But uh, something else that took place uh, recently here, the White House, this is from CNN, the White House Deputy Press Secretary, Secretary, there goes the Ohio accent again. I think there goes one of those salt trucks I was talking about earlier. Um, press secretary resigns after threatening a reporter over a story about him. Yee, so much for freedom of the press, right? <laughs> this reporter kind of delved into his personal life, but... We'll read some of this article, and uh, you can look it up on CNN. White House Deputy Press Secretary T.J. Ducklow, who threatened a reporter who asked him about his relationship with another reporter, has resigned. Can't... Uh, it doesn't matter what he looks like. Can't really get a good picture. Picture of Mr. Ducklow. He's not a bad-looking guy. Skinny, black-haired, white guy with glasses and a mask that covers two-thirds of his face um but anyways pretty might be a nice guy i don't know um we we accepted the resignation of tj ducklow after a discussion with him this evening said jen pisaki the white house press press secretary a in a statement the conversation occurred with the support of the white house chief of staff Ducklow released his own statement on Twitter. In part, it reads, I know this was terrible. I know I can't take it back, but I also know I can learn from it and do better. Well, that's, we all make mistakes. You can do better, Mr. Ducklow. Ducklow was suspended Friday for a week without pay after Vanity Fair after a Vanity Fair story published earlier that day reported from Politico, wait a minute, earlier that day a reporter from Politico was working on an article about his romantic relationship with a reporter from another news outlet. Multiple White House officials described the situation as untenable because they did not feel a one-week suspension was sufficient. Another source familiar with the situation said, no one expressed that sentiment directly to the leadership of the press and communication office. The per this person said, Ducklow's resignation was a result of the realization by the press and communication leadership that there needed to be a conversation with Ducklow about what was best for President Joe Biden and whether his remaining on the job represented the standard the administration tried to set. 
So at, at least they're trying to set high standards. So kudos to the Biden administration for that, for trying to maintain professionalism and so on. You know, one of the problems you have in Washington and why a relationship between a deputy press secretary and a member of the press uh, is that offices, whether it's the Pentagon or the White House, man, they just leak, leak information worse than anything in the world now. There's always inside information getting leaked to the press and every news outlet wants to get the breaking story, the inside scoop. And they have connections all throughout our government where they they look for, you know, connections. Who can give me some juicy new detail? Who can tell me the story before the other news outlet? So I can see where this Politico reporter would have a problem with uh, the deputy press secretary having a relationship with uh, a reporter from Axios. You know, is he going to give her uh, information that may be classified or maybe needs, maybe if it's not classified, I don't think a deputy press secretary would have access to too much classified information, but information that needs to be kept quiet for a while. Um, maybe, you know, you know, like if we're getting, I mean, we're getting ready to go to war. You can, Stevie can, Stevie Wonder can see Biden is amping up for a war with somebody. Okay. We're increasing troop presence in Afghanistan and Iraq. Uh, both places we need to be out of right now. Um, but you know, that, that could be a problem. Uh, and just frankly, I think it's unprofessional for a deputy press secretary to be in a relationship with a member of the White House press corps. Um, most jobs, even though the press secretary is not really her boss or the deputy press secretary in this case is not the boss of the media, most companies don't allow you to uh, date management. Like if you're the supervisor of a department, you can't date somebody who is beneath you. But anyways, uh, Biden was made aware of the situation involving Ducklow late Saturday afternoon, a White House official said, and the president supports his decision to resign. Pisaki said Ducklow apologized to the reporter he threatened, uh, and then it names the reporter. It was Politico's Tara uh, Palmeri, P-A-L-M-E-R-I, over the incident. She had reported on Tuesday that Ducklow had been in a romantic relationship with Axios reporter Alexi uh, McCommond, M, capital M, lowercase c, capital C, A-M-M-O-N-D, McCommond. Um, Axios told Politico that McCommon disclosed their 
her relationship with Ducklow in November and was taken off the Biden beat. So it, it sounds like, you know, Axios and uh, McCammon, pardon me, McCammon, M-C-C-A-M-M-O-N-D, McCammon uh, handled it well. Um, Palmer pointed out that McCommon's beat includes covering Vice President Kamala Harris. So she was taken off the Biden beat and put on the Kamala Harris beat. And Kamala's... Come on, guys. Kamala is like going to be the most powerful vice president in history. She's going to run that show from behind the scenes uh, and have a lot of input, in my opinion. Because in my opinion, Joe's not competent. He's just holding down the fort till she gets her feet wet. So I can see where Politico can be angling this that, yeah, he got moved technically from the A beat to the B beat. The A team to the B team, if you will. But he was still, or she was still in, in the mix where the action and you know, the inside information could come from, you know. And like I said, Washington leaks like the Titanic after it hit the iceberg. Actually, the Titanic took on water. But I can't think of anything that leaks right now. Leaks like a bad faucet there. Uh, so, there's so much information that gets leaked out to the press that shouldn't be. Uh, leaked out to the press beforehand and it, it can be a hurtful thing to our national security uh, say for example when Tr Trump did his decapitation strike and took out the head of the Iranian military who was the head terrorist in that region and Congress got all wound up you should have told us and he said well I couldn't because you would leak it to the press and therefore ruin our, our surprise attack. And then this mangy terrorist who had been killing American troops would still be out there. So that's the kind of leakage I'm talking about. On to other fun slap happy stuff. Fun times with the Chinese government. You know, they're just so transparent and willing to help. They just want to give us info. No, they don't. The World Health Organization. New York Times reports on a trip to China, China, Chinese, the CCP, Chinese Communist Party. On who trip China refuses to hand over important data. Chinese scientists have refused to share raw data that might bring the world closer to understanding the origins of the coronavirus pandemic. Independent investigators for the WHO said on Friday. Now, back in uh, January or February of 2020, uh, a group of World Health Organizations known as the WHO went to China to find out more about this pandemic, uh, this disease that was breaking out all over the world, and came back with not very good information. Uh, you know, first they were told, well, don't worry, you have to eat the bat. 
in order to catch it. And then it was, wait a second, not, not, there's no way these many people, this many people ate bats that were contaminated with this stuff. Uh, and then it was like, well, don't worry. It's not transmittable uh, by, uh, you know, somebody breathing on you. Well, then we find out it is transmittable by somebody breathing on you. Uh, so, just bad information rolling out of China from the beginning. And the, the doctor who leaked the information uh, caught the COVID-19 and died uh, after he was arrested by the Chinese Communist government. Uh, the article goes on to say, who's reporting here? New York Times already said that. Uh, so the investigators who recently returned from a fact-finding trip to the Chinese city of Wuhan said disagreements over patient records and other issues were so tense that sometimes they sometimes erupted into shouts among the typically mild-mannered scientists on both sides. China's continued resistance to reveal information about the early days of the coronavirus outbreak the scientists say makes it difficult for them to uncover important clues that can help stop future outbreaks of such dangerous diseases which just makes me think that maybe china purposely leaked this out to the world yeah i remember man communists don't care about their people. They're always called the People's Republic of such and such, but they're never about the people. They're about the end game, which is control. A lot like a certain political party in this country that's begun to call itself Democratic Socialists. Huh. And socialism is one of the steps towards communism. Oh. Well, anyways, back to the article. If you are data-focused and if you are a professional, said Thea Colson, K-O-L-S-E-N. Thea Colson Fisher, uh, her other last name is spelled F-I-S-C-H-E-R, a Danish epidemiologist on the team then obtaining data like is like for a clinical doctor looking at a patient and seeing them with their own eyes so for epidemiologist in other words gathering data is like a doctor looking at a patient for 20 Seven days in January and February, the team of 14 experts for the World Health Organization led the mission to trace the origins of the pandemic. Several say their Chinese counterparts were frustrated by the team's persistent questioning and demands for data. So why don't the Chinese want to give up the data? Now, the Chinese scientists are scared of the Chinese Communist government. Okay, I'm sure if they, these scientists were like 
yeah, this was an accident, and it accidentally escaped from one of our labs, they would hand over the data. Um, but if the Chinese Communist government said, no, we don't want this data out there for the world, or and if you give it to the world, we're going to off with your head, or your family's going to be in trouble, which is what China, which is what communists do. Then obviously the, the scientists in Wuhan in China are not going to uh, give that info over to anybody else. Um, Chinese officials urged the WHO team to embrace the government's narrative. The Chinese officials that were working with the World Health Organization's team of officials, once the World Health Organization to embrace the Chinese government's narrative about the source of the virus, including an unproven notion that it might have spread to China from abroad, according to several members of the team. The WHO scientists responded that they would refrain from making judgments without data. Okay, I thought and I think the world agreed that this virus did not come to China from abroad. It came from a laboratory within Wuhan and somehow got into the population. So, again... Why are we trusting a communist government? Even the World Health Organization is not trusting them now. Um, that's good. What will the repercussions, however, be for China not giving up this data? Because we can't have the world shutting down over pandemics. So was this somehow manufactured to hurt the rest of the world is my question. Was this intentionally leaked out so that it would spread and they could see, well, can we shut down the whole world with an, a viral outbreak? And, uh, you know, we'll start it with our citizens and let it spread and see what happens. Uh, this Because I just said that, this will probably be taken off of YouTube, but I'm on Rumble also. Um, <clears throat> anyways, with that, just my opinion, just an opinion, um, let's pray for each other, I'll see you the next time, I'm hit, I'm almost at the 50 minute mark, and I know you guys lose attention after like five, because I'm not that exciting, but, nonetheless, it's always a great day to kick somebody's ass. So let's listen to this real robot guy sing. Andy, so you better get off my back. You might get cold cocked <laughs> if you cross my path. Because it's a great day. I'm just saying it. They're going to for me to whoop somebody's ass. <laughs> When I finally made it to work, I was 15 minutes late. I told my boss about the flat tire, but he fired me anyway. So here I am out in the parking lot. Just
was waiting by his calling. <laughs> I'm gonna give him a goodbye present that he never will forget. Let's sing again. Great day for me to whoop somebody.